Monster voice. Uh, it's raining. It's raining. I'm wearing a sweater, so yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my, a hoodie. My for the first time in two place. months. Al's got a flannel on. Don't know why I just called you Al. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I've done that ever. Maybe <laughs> once. Then I think never it's happened again. a couple times. <laughs> Al, we'd like to welcome our guest, Al. <laughs> well, well, hi there. <laughs> well, I'm Al. <laughs> Oh, I have to wear flannel tonight. Why? We're having a plot. We're having a flannel night <laughs> at my work. All three, the all three of the managers are all wearing flannel. Oh, well, good thing we reminded you. I, you did. I'm really glad actually, because I completely forgot until you said that. Um, they planned it out, and then they were like, "Do you have any flannel?" I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "What a question!" I know. I'm gay, aren't I? <laughs> what color? <laughs> Do you have any yellow flannel? You gave me one. Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. Does it fit you? Can I have it? I think it's in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, oh, you're listening to the Odd Sisters podcast, and I'm Marcy. I'm Allison. And I'm Julia. I saw a UFO. Wow. Wow. That's what I can talk about. I saw a UFO. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anyone they're going to come get me. Oh, well, you just said it. I saw a UFO. Yeah, many the, times. Are the aliens coming to get you? I had a nightmare that night that, that I was in trouble. Yeah. Wow. She's seen too much. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like, maybe they're going to wipe my brain. And then tomorrow, I'll not remember it, but I took like 16 videos of it. <laughs> <laughs> 16 videos of me zooming onto the sky to film a bright dot. But I picked it up. It's yeah. just like, you kind of have to know what it is in order to... Mm-hmm. understand so julia watched it without the audio <laughs> and was like the fuck <laughs> it was just like why do all these videos look the same <laughs> <laughs> i mean because i don't have like and the thing is i have the fancy iphone with the three cameras right yeah so um i do have like a pretty good zoom an mm. actual zoom not just a digital zoom on mm-hmm. the phone um so i i was able to pick it up much better than most phones probably would, but it was still like mm-hmm. very far away. Yeah, it was really yeah. hard to get. And the problem it's is, is space. that um, <laughs> I had no no ref point of reference for movement. So mm. like if I could have just had a single like star in the same frame that was sitting still, mm-hmm. then you could see that this thing was moving. Whereas it was just this thing. So if I was filming it and I slightly moved yeah. my phone, it would have moved on the screen just the same as it was moving in the sky. Yeah. So I was trying to hold it as still as possible, but you don't know that. The only yeah. thing you have is that my the person I was with was reacting to the movement at the same uh, time it was happening, but yeah, they weren't looking at my screen. So there is like a mm. reactionary type. Okay. Thing I didn't happening. hear I didn't hear it. I watched it in, in public and I was like I'll just keep the volume down. <laughs> yeah. Nerds okay. freaking out about UFOs. Yeah. I honestly have never seen anything like that before. I've never I've never seen something that I was like, that's what that is. 
Mm. Like there's no, there was no explanation that I could gather for myself to explain it. And, and previously I've seen things, but it's like, oh, that could have been a plane that could have been mm-hmm. like a, there's, but, but the, the astrological phenomenon that we also saw, like I saw so many shooting stars. I saw a meteor like go across the star with a big fire or sky with a big uh, fiery tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was satellites zipping by it. So there was a lot of like points of reference as far as like, this is what this looks like. That's what a satellite looks like. That's what a star looks like. That's what mm-hmm. a shooting star looks like. That's mm-hmm. what a meteor looks like. And then there's just this thing that yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Mm. So it was kind of an interesting like smorgasbord of like <laughs> the sky. <laughs> so um, I want to go back there. But the thing is, is, so you drive up, 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 up the mountain, like it was, well, it's not even up the mountain really. It's along the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the population is very small up yeah. there. There's not a lot of people that live up there at all. Um, and so the way that I, I attributed it, because it was making really weird movements, like as it was moving, it was almost lurching forward. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of like a bus driver learning to drive a bus with like, l- like the clutch. Do you <laughs> like know what I mean? Like the Pixar short where like the alien's learning how to, he's doing his driver's test. Is that, is that a short? Cause yeah. that's exactly what I well, said. Like I was a, like, a you know how like you go to like an abandoned parking lot when you're learning how to drive. Yeah. I was like, it's kind of the same, like go up the coast where there's zero population and learn how to drive this fucking spaceship. Cause it looked like it didn't know what it was doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, 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 and then it go to the side. <laughs> yeah. Just do it again. Just try it again just go forward and then move to the side now okay back up like it was just like imagining this dialogue because it was just the most random thing in the world anyway we're not talking about aliens today so that was a weird segue but we are talking about a vessel not like spiritual vessel but like an actual vessel so you ready yeah yeah. There's zero segue here besides the word vessel. That's and all ready. I had. In December of 1930, construction began on a ship, which was then known only as Hull Number 534. Reminds me of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Lot box six, six, oh, damn it. Six. <laughs> I was thinking of the like, box nine oh, or whatever. That too. But <laughs> Alice, Alice got the actual reference. <laughs> well, Hull. I tried, okay. <laughs> Hole number 534. So at the time, Germany was busy leading the way in the shipbuilding business. Uh, so it's uh, 1930. So, spoiler alert, they're busy leading the way, or they're actually building a lot more than ships at the time, but. Why? Not a lot of people knew about that. But they were building these luxury liner ships and they were dominating the market. Britain didn't want to be left out of the race. So the two biggest British ship lines, which were Cunard and then White Star Line, began construction on two ships in order to catch up. So they each started Mm. a ship. There was an 80,000 ton ship named the Oceanic that White Star was building and a 75,000 ton unnamed ship, the Hull 534, Mm. by Cunard. Uh, construction took place on the River Clyde in Scotland with the John Brown and Company shipyard constructing it. Hmm. Cunard? Cunard. 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 Um, work stalled for a bit in 1931 due to the Great Tempre- Depression, but Cunard applied for a grant, oh, applied and was granted a loan from the British government. Uh, they applied for one, but White Star didn't. So mm. they got this thing. The money was received, which was enough to finish the ship and also build a running mate so that they could offer weekly service from London to New York. 
Uh, one of the stipulations of the loan that the government put forward was that Cunard and White Star were required to merge. So White Star was also not doing so great. And despite being their uh, Cunard's biggest rival, the merger was agreed upon and completed uh, May 10th of 1934, <laughs> at which point construction on all unfinished ships, including hull number 534, resumed. So they were like, you can't, they didn't want them to, they were big industries, right? Mm-hmm. They provided a lot of jobs. So they were like, okay, we'll give you this money, but you have to share it with White Star, become the same company, mm-hmm. and then we'll finish all your ships. Like we'll give you a significant amount of money enough yeah. to keep going. So now it becomes Cunard White Star Line. Okay. They completely emerge. Cunard sounds like something that should be making like coffee makers. <laughs> Cunard. <laughs> I yeah, thought it, it sounded like a, like a Scottish like insult. <laughs> it does sound like that too yeah it's like c-u-n-a-r-d like it just sounds like yeah yeah <laughs> so five months later the unnamed ship was named and oh. hull number 534 officially became the queen mary and set sail for its maiden voyage on september 26 1934 it was a total cost of 3.5 million pounds which today Jesus. would have been Three hundred thirty-eight million five hundred fifty thousand nine hundred ninety-five pounds. Wow. wow. She was named after Queen Mary of Tech, uh, who was queen consort for King George V mm-hmm. at, the, at that time. The story goes that the company had intended to name the ship Victoria, not Mary, but then the company representative asked George's permission to name the queen or name the ocean liner quote after Britain's greatest queen. To which the king replied, "My wife will be delighted." And so, of course, they had no choice but to call her Mary instead. <laughs> That's so awkward. <laughs> that is so awkward. Very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but despite the, they, they were very hush-hush about that. That's like kind of like an infamous story that apparently one of the people that was in charge of the whole thing told a reporter about. And they were like, you can't write about this as long as I live. And then as soon as he died, they were like, this is the story of how it was named. <laughs> yeah. Because they would have been in so much trouble. Yeah. So Queen Mary herself launched the ship and its maiden voyage was, went from Southampton to New York. They sailed at top speeds for most of the voyage until they hit heavy fog on the final day and needed to slow as they approached the coast and made their way into New York Harbor. She left on May 27th and arrived on June 1st. So she's fast. Like, yeah. It's a fast ship for crossing the Atlantic. Wow. Uh, she was... She was criticized for being too traditional, a mock-up of Cunard's earlier ships from before the First World War. Her interior design was mostly Art Deco, but very reserved and conservative compared to its French rival, the Normandy, which was ultra-modern and very popular. Mm. So, uh, though more popular by passengers for its style, the Queen Mary was actually the faster ship and stole the the Blue Riband from Normandy, an award given to the passenger ship, passenger ship crossing the Atlantic at the highest speed. That's a word that is way too close to ribbon and yeah. then not yeah. pronounced the same. Ribbond. Ribbond. Blue ribbond. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> what is that about? I don't know. What does it mean? It's it's a it's like a seal more than mm. a oh, okay. ribbon. Like it's like a an award. Mm. so ribbons can be awards <laughs> yes they can i have many participation yeah. ribbons to prove that just like a little like six inch ribbon like on the on the hull yeah. <laughs> like, just like, mm. it's like participant yeah. <laughs> so immediately falls off <laughs> <laughs> 
To me, though, it sounds very lovely. It featured two indoor swimming pools, beauty salons, libraries, a music studio, and a lecture hall, outdoor paddle tennis courts. Uh, the largest room on board was the first-class main dining room, which spanned three stories in height and was anchored by wide columns. Okay, what's wow. a paddle tennis court? A ping-pong table? Or, like, <laughs> re- like squash? I think it's like or- squash. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you wouldn't want a tennis court, but squash courts are smaller. And enclosed. Yeah. Mm. Paddle made me think ping pong tables. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like hard to imagine that at that time, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might have been. Um, yeah, so the main dining room spanned three stories in height and is anchored by wide columns. That's crazy. It also featured a large map on one of the walls of the transatlantic crossing with two routes, one for the summer and one for the autumn, and a small motorized model of the Queen Mary that would travel along the route, indicating to passengers what? where they were on their journey. What? It's like a video Motorized is just someone like <laughs> in the wall. Like. <laughs> so it's going along as the boat's going along. So you can be like, oh, we're here. Wow. Uh, I went on like a big trip across Canada when I was younger, as you guys know, I took a bus and when we, we, um, stopped in Calgary as our first stop and we went to the science center that's there and they had this huge map of Canada, like the biggest map ever. And then it just had Calgary indicated on the map. And, but for us, we were just like, gulp, (laughs) like (laughs) this is where we have to go. Like I have a picture of me just like, oh fuck. Like, did we make a mistake? Yeah. (laughs) Second biggest country in the world. It's huge. (laughs) (laughs) It was also the first ship to include its own Jewish prayer room, which in the climate of Nazi Germany was a way for Britain to take an opposite stance. Mm. Nice. It was very much like, yeah, the, everything was in Europe was very anti-Semitic at the time. And they were like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Mm -hmm. So, Uh, The Queen Mary enjoyed a great life as one of the world's largest oceanic liners and made many trips from England to New York. In late August of 1934, she was on her way back from New York when they were intercepted by the HMS Hood, a British ship that was sent to escort the ocean liner. (laughs) Like Robin Hood? HMS Hood. (laughs) It's like a Disney Pixar, like cars, but Robin Hood with boats. Yeah. Or like that scene from Shrek. Yeah, yeah. Steal from the rich. <laughs> I just watched that the other day. I know it's all great. the lyrics to that song still. It's 20 years old. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> known those words for 20 years yep. now. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> the seas were becoming unsafe. Um, she was harbored while in Southampton for a little while before setting out again for New York on September 1st. And by the time she arrived in America, the war had been declared between Britain and Germany. Oh, and both no. the Queen Mary and her rival, the Normandy, were ordered to stay in New York. Mm. So they got there and they're like, nope, don't come back here. It's too unsafe. You can't. We're officially at war. So six months later, she was joined by the Queen Mary's sister ship, the Queen Elizabeth. And now the three biggest ocean liners in the world were sitting idle in a harbor in America. Now, I didn't include this in here, but I've decided since that I'm going to tell you how the Queen Elizabeth got there because it's really fucking cool. But I didn't put it in here because I was like, oh, I don't want to focus on the Queen Elizabeth. I don't have a lot of information on Mm. it. So but so basically the Queen Elizabeth was in the middle of being built during this time. Yeah, it was actually finished. And um the brits knew that they were going to need the ship that it was an important part of their 
their fleet, basically. Mm -hmm. And so they leaked false information to the Germans and the spies saying that it wasn't finished yet. And they leaked false information saying it was on its route. It was going to leave the dry dock and sail to Southampton to be fixed, to be finished, which is where Queen Mary was finished, right? So it was Mm -hmm. going to go to James Brown and company to be finished. John Brown and company. (laughs) 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 Alice just starts laughing. (laughs) So... So John, so John Brown and company is told that the, the ship is coming. They hire their engineers and everyone. They put them up in hotels. They give them an itinerary. They ship supplies to Southampton to finish the Queen Elizabeth. They have this, this whole thing as if the ship's going there, but it's already finished. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to make it look like it wasn't finished yet. So they send an itinerary. The Queen Elizabeth is going to arrive on, sorry, didn't say when it's sometime in march um it's going to arrive in southampton okay and so they leave the dry dock and they sail around to get to southampton and then they stop at a little port and overnight they paint the entire ship uh like army gray like the full steel gray the overnight and then when they leave to head to southampton they just go boop and head out into the atlantic ocean and just beeline it for new york as fast as they can. They're told to zigzag and reach top speeds and not use radio communication until they get to New York. Um, and the next day, when the ship's supposed to arrive in Southampton, the next day the Germans bombed the port. Wow. What? Because they were told that that's what the, the ship was going yeah. and they don't want them to have any new ships or any new fleets, right? So the no. Germans Germans bomb the Southampton port and meanwhile the Queen Elizabeth makes its way to New York in a couple of days and sits next to the Queen Mary and the Normandy and now they have their three fastest ships yeah. safe in New York with the War- Allies. Wartime lies are elaborate. <laughs> they are very elaborate. Like yeah. they, sh- they shipped, they hired people. Like yeah. it was this whole like the ruse was, it was a ruse. Yeah. Like... Holy smokes. Yeah. So. Had to be really convincing. Very convincing. Because they didn't know where spies were. That's the thing yeah. with World War II is, you know, like we talked in the last episode I did with the women, like mm-hmm. so many spies mm-hmm. just all over the place. You never yeah. knew who was on your side and who wasn't. And it's just crazy. And there's a lot of, um, at the time with the empire, there's a lot of people that are just against England they're like we just hate the Brits and so they kind of join with the Nazis not really like for a moral cause other than the fact that they hate the Brits so it's just this weird like I don't mm-hmm. know. anyway okay so now we have the three fastest ocean liners they're all sitting in the harbor and then finally the allies they're just sitting there doing nothing and they finally decide hey we've got these ships and we can actually use them uh so the Queen Mary received a new battleship gray paint job, just like the Queen Elizabeth had, and was put to new use. Her gray colors um, and her top speeds now gave her the new name, quote, the Gray Ghost. Because she could just fly yeah. through the water and not be seen. The interior was stripped and replaced with more military needs. Six miles of carpets, 220 <laughs> cases of china, crystal, silver, and silver services were removed along with tapestries, paintings, thought, which were I all stored in a say, warehouse. I thought you were going to say they put that in. I was no. like, <laughs> they were all put a bunch of needs. really <laughs> delicate china in here. <laughs> military use. <Yeah. laughs> Careful, lads. Um, <laughs> so they stripped the whole thing. They yeah. put bunks up. There was another level where they put like standing bunks so they could actually be like um like a 
like a Murphy bed, yeah. but a bunk bed. So they actually mm-hmm. folded up and then bunk beds came down and they were like three tier bunks. Like they stuffed as much in there as they possibly could. Yeah. Uh, the Queen Mary and the Queen Elizabeth were the largest and fastest troop ships involved in the war. Unfortunately, the Normandy actually caught on fire while it was being refurbished and burnt. So it doesn't exist anymore. Like um, so, the ground? To the yeah. water? Yeah. <laughs> to the <laughs> sea? <laughs> like they just, they just repurposed the parts. It was too, wow. too badly damaged in the fire. Oh. Uh, its top speeds and ability to zigzag across the water made it virtually impossible for U-boats to catch them. Wow. wow. On October 2nd, 1942, the Queen Mary, under strict orders to reach Europe without stopping and carrying thousands of American troops overseas, accidentally collided with and, as a result of her speed, sliced through one of her escort ships, the HMS Krakoa. Uh, Queen Mary's captain ordered the other escort ships to stop and look for survivors while it continued onwards, <laughs> but only 99 of the 338 crew oh. survived. <gasps> Whoa! Oh. They really spl- they, they really, really like took it out. Holy shit! Yeah, exactly. So, yikes! Uh-oh. Uh, during the entire course of the war, she carried thousands upon thousands of soldiers, including a trip on July 25th to July 30th in 1943, where there were 15,740 soldiers and 943 cr- crew on board, for a total of 16,683 people altogether. Uh, it was only possible because and the trip she was, was still made. fast yeah. with that many people on yeah. board. Holy because the, sh- the trip was made in the summer and many of the passengers ended up sleeping on the deck. So it's the oh. only way they were able to do it. Okay. Um, but regardless, it was a standing record for the most passengers ever transported on one vessel. Wow. Uh, once the war was over and life returned to normal, so too to the purpose of the Queen Mary. She made one last military trip, which was delivering war brides to Canada. So all of the women that got married to Canadian, Canadian soldiers. soldiers. At, mm. She made a trip there. I was like, what the hell is a war bride? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, well, there's a lot of, like a lot, especially Canada. Like we were in the war well before the Americans mm-hmm. and there's lots of like leaves and things like that. You're mm-hmm. not full. You're not going back to Canada. You're no. just going to London and staying in a hotel. So a yeah. lot of people established like, yeah, lives, lives in, in England. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then she returned to Southampton and, Apparently she made that trip in like record timing. Like it was her fastest speed ever. It was like three days it took her to get from New York to Southampton. Jeez. I don't know why. Must have been great weather or something. But yeah. um, And there she sat in the harbor from September 1946 until July 1947, after which she emerged a whole new queen. Her furnishings <laughs> yes. were back in place. <laughs> her furnishings were all back in place with some massive upgrades, including air conditioning, more cabins, and a bit of a facelift. Hmm. And now, with the Normandy being out of the way, post-war life meant that the Queen Mary and the Queen Elizabeth dominated transatlantic travels for the next 10 years. Because Hmm. in 1958, the first transatlantic flight by a jet aircraft was made, and suddenly people could get from New York to London in hours instead of days. Yeah. So by the end oh, of they the tried 60s, traveling by map, but do they have a paddleboard court on the <laughs> right? Like, I know. Yeah. I'd still if it took three no. days, you would not. You don't think so? No. You. You. We might. Oh, I know. There was a story that I didn't put in here of um a <sighs> storm that the Queen Mary during the war, and it was like fifteen foot waves, and it said that the boat tipped fifty four degrees, and uh-huh. it had tipped two degrees more, it would have capsized. Yeah, and like. But that's during the war. The, yeah. This one, they're they're going a route, right? Yeah. During the war, they were yeah, literally yeah. evading, so they were yeah. all over the place. Whereas this would be more yeah. like never watch the finest hours. Oh, 
Not Never. in a million years. No. I saw that in an IMAX screen and it was upsetting. Jesus. I saw the trailer and I almost cried. <laughs> I've seen Jaws. Yeah, I've seen Jaws. <laughs> I've never seen That's that one. That's a beach, though. That's not the same. That Life's a beach. Yeah. I've seen The Meg. The, the only thing I <laughs> could think the Meg. <laughs> watching The Finest Hours was I was like, oh, and this all takes place in the Atlantic Ocean. Like, that's the small one. The Pacific Ocean is the big, scary one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one we're right next to. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so by the early 60s, the ship was making its crossing with more crew than passengers on board. Yeah. That really died off. So something had to be done. They weren't making any money. They were losing millions every year. So the Mary, the Queen Mary and the Queen Elizabeth were listed on auction. Mm-hmm. And the bid of three... Gigi. Po- <laughs> 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 I don't know. What's the hall like? Yeah. Can you take pictures of the interior? Um, the bid for <laughs> three point... China? <laughs> The bid for $3.5 million from Long Beach, California just narrowly beat out the bid from a Japanese scrap metal merchant. <laughs> and so, on September 27th, 1967, the Queen Mary made her 1,000th and last crossing across the North, th- North Atlantic and into its new home of Long Beach, California. Whoa. <laughs> How'd it get there? Hmm? It went, it sailed south. Like okay. It went around. So the biggest trip it had done because it had just done the. Yeah. yeah. Um, in her time, she had carried 2,000, no, 2 million, 112,000 people over a total of 3 million, 792,227 miles. Wow. wow. So her new life in California was a bit of an adjustment. <laughs> yeah, I've as, seen this as movie it would before. be. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Weird British child ends up in Long Beach, California. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's going to learn to skateboard and get a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like a teen movie. Well, she's not a teenager. She's quite old. Oh, <laughs> she's seen war. That's even better. That's even better. It was a bit it's of like an adjustment. Judy Dench, like trying to like <laughs> kick it. Yeah. With like, I don't know. I don't know who's that. I don't know. I don't know who's <laughs> someone young and hip that would be in Long Beach, California. Zach Efron. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Judy Learning Dench. to surf. <laughs> Zach <Zac> Efron. <laughs> Come on, Judy. <laughs> uh, she opened in 1971 as a tourist attraction, but there was some mm. confusion about how best to use her. And there was a restaurant, multiple restaurants, and then a museum. And then restaurants at a museum and then a hotel. Uh, but business wasn't great. And then a hotel, museum, restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and by 1980, the situation had become a bit dire. The ship uh-uh. was losing millions each year. And once again, no one knew what to do with the queen. Oh, she's falling apart. Like, how this is... guy bid at an auction for the ship? The like... city did. Oh, the city did. Oh, okay. yeah. But there was, was like, oh. no plan after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they thought that it would be a good tourist attraction, right? They have right. these docks. So they thought, we're going to put this on the dock. Kind of like think about San Francisco with the wharfs, like how big they are, right? Yeah. So instead of building a structure, you have the boat, which itself is a structure. But like, that's not even like part of the history. Like, I I feel like if it was like in New York, it oh, could have yeah. been like, oh, it came from here you totally. know, to here. And they then it stayed filmed- here. And you know what yeah. I mean? They could have filmed the Lost Boys on there. I bet there that would have got some tourists. There you go. 
Boat vampires. <laughs> Boat vampire. Boat vampires. Uh, so it was losing millions each year, each year, and no one knew what to do with it. So that is until millionaire Jack Rather stepped in. <laughs> Mr. Rather and his wife. Great name. Jack Rather. Uh, he and his wife had sailed on the Queen Mary when it had been in operation, and he had nothing but fond memories of his experience. So he put his financial hat in the ring and signed a 66-year lease to operate the entire property. That's so much time. That's so much years, yeah. <laughs> and he remembers it, so how old is he? 66-year lease to operate the entire property. He set his sights high with big plans for the old queen, but unfortunately he died four years later. Oh, so old. I told you. (laughs) And even though his estate continued to operate it for another four years after that, in 1998, the Queen Mary, the Queen Mary Company, the Queen Mary was purchased by Walt Disney Company. (gasps) Oh, only good things will happen now. They didn't actually want to buy the Queen Mary. Oh. They just happened to get the Queen Mary. In 1955, Mr. Jack Rather had been the one to construct Walt Disney Hotel when Mm. Walt himself had insufficient funds to complete the project. And Walt Disney had been trying to, the man, actively tried to purchase the (laughs) hotel back. So it's a weird thing to differentiate. (laughs) The man. I mean, Walt... Stop. Walt the man Disney. <laughs> so in 1955. It's like an Ocean's Eleven, like the man, like his like little yeah. like title. In 1955, <laughs> you have everything like Disney World's opening and Walt yeah. Disney spent a little bit too much money. He had this idea for the hotel. He couldn't finance it. So I guess Jack Rather knew him in some way okay. and had enough money. So he's like, I'll build this hotel. Then when Disney got enough money back. He was like, I want to buy it back from you. And Jack Rather was like, no, (laughs) I own this. And then when Disney died, the company continued to try and purchase it back from Jack Rather. And he was like, nope, this is a good investment for me. It's mine. Exactly. Um, And refused to refuse to sell it back to the Disney company. And now finally, four years after his death, they were finally able to buy the hotel back. But what they did was they bought all of his holdings. They bought everything that he had holdings in. <laughs> oh. And because he owned the Queen Mary, they also got the Queen Mary. And here's the keys to the ship. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So now they got their hotel back, but they also got a, a ship, ship, which is also possibly haunted. <gasps> we haven't even talked about this yet. Oh, my God. Oh, this is where Disney was going to put the haunted mansion? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They were going to make it a, an oceanic haunted mansion. For real? For reals. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. The, haunted mansion, the haunted mansion already existed at this time. Uh, that opened in like 70s. Um, but uh, no, 60s. Um, but they also wanted to make a second haunted Didn't mansion they also... in the boat. So they actually had plans where they were going to open an entire theme park on the boardwalk. In, oh. in mm. That would actually have been cool. We? Long Beach? Long Beach. I was going to say. California <laughs> in Long Beach. They were going to do this whole thing. So when Jack Rather bought it, one of the f- things that he did was he wanted to increase tourism to that area. So do you know what the Spruce Goose is? <laughs> no, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we both have <laughs> It's a plane. It's one of the first planes that uh. like made like a big, so it was a big tour. So he bought the Spruce Goose and he built this giant uh, aerospace dome on the, the dock side 
So no. the, it's kind of like on the land here. And then the dock goes out and Queen Mary's here. And he housed the spruce goose. So people would come to see the spruce goose. And then they would <laughs> see stuff on the boat. Like it was, it oh, made okay. the, the, the docks more of a tourist yeah, attraction. Okay. Um, it, yeah, heavily. And so um, when Disney bought it, by the time he died, they'd already sold the spruce goose off. It went to a museum. So now there's just this giant aeros- empty aerospace dome. So like, okay, we're going to put this theme park here. We're going to make this. And then the boat's going to have a hotel on it. And it's going to have like a haunted mansion type feel to it. And it was going to be this whole thing. And instead, they switched gears. They sold it off when they decided to build Tokyo Disneyland. Oh. And Tokyo Disneyland actually has a replica of the Queen Mary there they built like a <laughs> america kind of land to send it there right i don't know but th- it has like a boat on a fake boat on a fake dock that sits there and it's this whole thing and it's because they literally took their plans for what this was and transferred it to the park in tokyo oh. <laughs> interesting too bad it's a ship and it's not portable right and tokyo was like they want us to make a ship (laughs) okay yes we almost bought this for scrap so um didn't disney also try or did they succeed in building like a ski resort near where like the donner party were stuck for a really long time i I think they did it's pretty grab a bite and go skiing (laughs) 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 sounds good to me wow (laughs) so i think that's like 19 90 or 92 that they sell it off um i don't think do people do people actually i mean i know people do now but did people in the 90s actually have an interest in staying in like a legit like haunted hotel no <laughs> i don't think they would either right no um like the hilton ran the hotel that was in there for a little while and then another place ran it and then another place ran it. They couldn't get people to stay there. And a lot of the times the the reason why is because it was haunted. There are no less than 160 ghosts on the Queen Mary. And it is said to be one of the most haunted spaces in America. Is it still? Oh, I guess we'll get there, but so I'm going to tell you a couple of the ghost stories that, okay. Uh, it had quite a few passengers that died while on board. Yeah. Uh, you have multiple pools. There was drownings. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the war, but no, people drowned in the pools. People drowned in the oh, pool. cool. Ironic. The war, it was a passenger ship. It didn't really see any action that way. Oh, okay. It was, it was transporting uh, soldiers. So like massive amounts of soldiers from America to Europe in order right. to fight. Um, it didn't really see, and it was so good at evading But did it take things. like wounded soldiers? That's what I was thought you were going to say. No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, not, it wasn't an emergency. You know what I mean? No, like, it just took soldiers that realized they didn't know how to swim as soon as they jumped into a swimming no, pool. No, I meant before, before <laughs> the war. There, there's a couple of people, or mostly, sadly, children, but there's uh, a couple of deaths in the pool. Uh, people just dying of old age because old people <laughs> love to go on boats. Um, <laughs> there's robberies Imagine gone bad. Imagine drowning in a pool on a boat. Like, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The ocean's right there. Yeah, (laughs) like, oh, did you did you like, did the boat capsize? No, I was just in a body of water on a boat, perfectly (laughs) safe, and just drowned. Jesus. Well, I mean, they didn't like care as much about children back then too. They were just like, go swim in the pool. Yeah, it's like it's a boat. Where could they go? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) so we have stateroom B three four zero. Now, this one was actually reported to be haunted well before it was in the States. So back mm-hmm. when it was operating post-World War II, uh, 
1948, it said that a third a third class passenger, Walter J. Adamson, passed away in the room, and the details of his death were unknown. Later, in 1966, again, while it was a passenger ship, a woman staying in the room reported that she was awoken up with the bed covers being pulled off of her, and she saw a man standing at the foot of her bed. <laughs> I do love ghosts that just seem to react like, what are you doing in my bed? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> the swift pulling of the bed covers. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot in, in haunted stories. Yeah. That's a very it's common. such a good move. It's ghosts terrifying. Hate, ghosts but... hate cheats <laughs> they find it offensive they're so, they're so often a stereotype <laughs> this is offensive stereotype get the sheet out of here <laughs> um, the woman screamed and rang for the steward but when the man but the man apparently vanished into thin air before her hmm. years later guests staying in the room have reported hearing someone knocking on the door in the middle of the night and seeing the bathroom lights turn on ah even the hotel's maids started complaining that they would find the bathroom water running even when no one stayed in the room for days. Mm. And one reported that the bed covers were pulled off right after she put them on. It's like the maid made <laughs> no! the bed and then... Again, ghosts hate sheets. Uh, the room was closed for guests for many years, but it reopened after a while for anyone looking for an evening of creepy fun. And that was in the mid-2000s. So it, they closed it because... Yeah. Again, creepy fun. Creepy fun. <laughs> creepy fun. The bathroom light turns on and the sheets might come off. Someone knocks on the wink. door and wakes <laughs> up. <laughs> we'll start the shower for you too. Yeah. <laughs> creepy fun. Um, there's the Mayfair room. It was once the ship's beauty salon, but it. <clears throat> sorry. But in 2001, it was turned into offices for the hotel that was operating there. Mm. A member of the accounting staff came in early one morning to work around 5.30 a.m. and simply felt like something was off. She went about her office tasks before sitting down at her desk and feeling unusually cold. She then felt someone brush up against the back of her chair, but no one was there. And just minutes after that, the woman saw a transparent figure in white walk across the room and pass through the door. Needless to say, she grabbed her keys and fled the room until her co-workers arrived. Mm. Who died in the beauty salon. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's also another woman. I actually didn't put her down here because there's not much of a story, but people just see like a woman in a white dress huh. at the end of the hall near the dining room. Mm. Um, somebody said they took a picture of her and there was like a, here's photographic evidence, but it was just, I rolled my eyes so hard it oh, hurt. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, like, it's just like such a like smudge on the lens. And then it's like, oh, I didn't see it until I got home. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so maybe she was just wandering. <laughs> yeah. Hatch door number 13. <laughs> uh, the hatch door is known as Shaft Alley. So, you know, like, in the <laughs> you're going to like that. You know, like in the bottom of the ship, there's all the mechanics and everything. And then, yeah. like, think of the Titanic with yeah. the doors locking down. <laughs> yeah, that horrifying scene in the Titanic. Yeah. yeah. Think of that. And it was the site of a gruesome accident that saw a crew man crushed to death. Ah! What? One night in 1966, the water the watertight doors in the engine and boiler rooms were ordered. Engine. I said engine. There you go. Engine and boiler room. Were ordered to be closed. About five minutes later, an 18-year-old crew member from Yorkshire was found crushed in the door of hatch number 13, trapped with his arms pinned to his side. Which, Why were they ordered to fall be like closed? that? <laughs> it's like planking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they, 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 say, blank. They, yeah, they say stay as stiff as possible when you're in an accident like that. A man died. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the man was freed and carried to the hospital ward. It was too late. He showed signs of crushing injury on his arms, chest, and pelvis and was bleeding from his nose and probably internally. Yeah. Yeah. He was injected with morphine, but died shortly after. <laughs> morphine doesn't fix internal bleeding? Hmm. <laughs> his ghost is regularly seen around the area mm-hmm. now, with people Straight reporting... As stiff as a board. <laughs> Just his arms, like... How... Like, like floundering about. Yeah. Wait. So, like, did he try to, like, leap head for- first so through the door? So, I read the several stories. There were stories that he was playing chicken with other uh, other crew members, and he didn't make it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I picture that. I, I feel like he fell or that he, like, tried to slide under it or something. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how you end up in that position <laughs> under the door. Yeah, okay, I don't so, Sorry. I need you to explain to me again how he... I was so distracted so by his the stiff door arm. came down, like this yeah. yeah it's like a drop door okay. was he on like his side Didn't was he say. on his stomach he on was his lying back? down with his arms at his side he was just like <laughs> like a salmon going <laughs> upstream that is exactly what i pictured yeah. just oh like my a man pretending to be a fish yeah <laughs> i got stuck uh his ghost is regularly seen around the area now with people reporting the sound of someone running behind them and whistling I hate that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I hate that so much. <laughs> also, you can <laughs> run and whistle at the same time. <laughs> Is that at the same time? Or are those two separate things? them and whistling. Oh I imagine kind of like they run up behind them and when they turn around, he's like, I can whistle. I can, I can whistle, but not on command. <laughs> Wasn't but, running up behind you. Yeah. Just like playing. <laughs> we yeah. whistle accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just because you were laughing. Yeah. I was trying to whistle the other day along to a song while it was playing in the car, but I had the windows down and I could whistle because the air was blowing in my face. <laughs> and I thought, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Never tried to do that before. But I guess that's what whistling is. It's yeah. air escaping. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I wanted an insight there into who I am as a person. I tried several times of it not working before I was like, oh, it's because the wind coming in the car. (laughs) That makes it worse. Three or four times. And then I was like, oh, that's how air works. I'm very tired. (laughs) Others have noticed that spots of grease that looked like fingerprints appeared Mm. on their faces. Ew. (laughs) Why is it touching people's faces? This is still the same guy? Yeah. Some have seen a figure of a bearded man in blue coveralls that looks just like the man who died out of the corner of their eyes. And several others have said they saw an engineer wandering around the hallways asking if guests had seen his wrench. But when they (laughs) went back to find him, he had disappeared. Times are so different. You said this was an 18 year old. Yeah, I know. The beard. (laughs) Yes. A bearded man died at 18. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen my wrench? (laughs) (laughs) That was my closest I could do to puberty. (laughs) 18's past puberty. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just part of the joke. <sighs> God. God. Yeah, the f- greasy fingerprints on your face. <laughs> so is... gross. I guess because he's like a worker, so it'd be Obviously. like greasy, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like actually like greasy, whole grease. But yeah. Like, <laughs> don't touch people. Then do you yeah. touch people's faces when he was alive? Is that just yeah, like that a him. ghost thing? I mean, yeah, you take advantage of that ghost <laughs> shit. <laughs> I died in a stupid yeah. way. I'm going to touch people's faces now. <laughs> 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 Goal achieved. My arms were at my side. <laughs> they said, 
no touching any more faces. And I refused. So they made me keep my arms by my side to promise that I wouldn't touch anyone's face. And then I died. So now I just touch anybody's face I want. (laughs) The cat disagrees with your assessment. (laughs) She likes Uh, creasing. Little Jackie is... Sorry. Little Jackie. Okay. Um, Jacqueline Torin was five or six. She's the one that drowned in the ship's second class pool, which is now the Royal Theater. So it's not a pool at all. They gutted the whole thing, and now it's just a theater. That ghost must be so confused. Visitors report hearing little Jackie splashing or calling for her parents, and even sometimes responding to questions when prompted. Hmm. Uh, and <laughs> so she interrupts her drowning to answer questions. That's a weird move. <laughs> Your shirt is blue. <laughs> uh, she also has a friend. Some believe that uh, she also drowned in the pool. And they call her Sarah. So it's two little girls that are seen. Mm. Jackie and Sarah. Jesus. The pool is also, there's another pool. is the first class pool. It's pretty cool. Um, it's like the tiling in it is insane. Mm. It has like a pearl ceiling. It's what? just nuts. Like, it's just glittery and insane. They can't actually operate it as a pool, though, because of some sort of California bylaw system. Like, it's not up to code. But it's still there. It's just drained. And people see a right. whole bunch of ghosts in the pool. They see the white lady there that mm-hmm. we talked about before. There's another girl in, like, 1950s, uh, like, tennis outfit. Yeah, yeah. And she, like, seen walks down the stairs. ghosts in the pool. Always. Especially, <laughs> like, a big, lavish pool like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this was the... the one with the two little girls is the second class class swimming pool. It's like the yeah first so. class kids were taught how to swim probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, and then we have Grumpy. I feel like, oh no, Grumpy is arguably one of this the is, Queen Mary's now we're, most now we're getting into the Disney ghosts. stuff. Ghosts. <laughs> um, also known as Grumpy the Growling Ghost. Oh. He's actually um, I should have called him Growler. <laughs> Growler. Growler. Um, they don't know who he is. They don't have like any, there's no visual explanation. Um, he tends to growl at visitors. He's said to lurk in the room under the stairs near the first class swimming pool. No, thank you. Lurk in the room under the stairs. you don't need to repeat it. (laughs) Okay, grumpy. Um, in the room under the stairs of the what? Of the first class swimming pool. And where did the stairs go? Oh, well, it's probably, I don't know. But there's, like I said, there's another the tennis girl. She seemed to walk down the stairs. Okay. So, so like there must the stairs, stairs like leading like down into the pool. Like not into the swimming the pool. area into around the, the pool. The deck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, are we and talking about underwater? Uh, underwater under the cupboard? I mean, under, <laughs> covered under the stairs? Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> underwater under the cupboard. Like a, it's, prob- it's probably like a maintenance room. With a growly man. With a growly man in there. Yeah. And there are recordings of him, though I didn't listen to them. Cause... What? Do you want to listen to them together? Yeah. Okay, let me read the last one and then we'll go listen to them yes, together. Please. Uh, easily the, her Dana is the next one. <laughs> Not Zool. Easily the creepiest <laughs> Grumpy and Dana. <laughs> board. Uh, legend has it that someone murdered a young woman named Dana and her family in room B474. The killer strangled Dana's little sister and mother in bed and then shot Dana in the bathroom. Jeez. Dana's spirit can be lurking with the other, found lurking with the other ghostly children in the second class swimming pool, but also sometimes joins Grumpy, who, oh, right, I didn't <laughs> include this. Uh, I had it, and then I took it out. There's a ghost named John Henry that's in the boiler room, and sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> 
Sometimes Grumpy's in the boiler room and sometimes Dane is in the boiler room with Grumpy and John Henry. So the ghosts have parties. Yeah. Is what this we've is learned. This is so weird. Yeah. Um, but so for the reading this, I wanted to do an episode on, on the Queen Mary being haunted, obviously. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I'm going to find the recordings of mm-hmm. Grumpy. Uh, but mm-hmm. through reading it, the the more I read about it, I really liked the wartime history of, mm-hmm. and the like the oceanic liner history. But then modern day, after it getting to South Beach or whatever, um, <gasps> sorry, cat. I'm sorry, I moved. It's literally the history of it is just like, and then this person bought it, and then this person bought it, and then they they fixed it up, and then they went bankrupt, and then mm. there was a hotel, and then it went bankrupt, and it's still not in commission you can't stay there you can't go there it's it's being fixed right now it's not Mm. owned by anyone except for the city it's not it's it's like cursed i was gonna say the curse just seems to be that it's it's useless Mm -hmm. it has no purpose it had a purpose and its its purpose is gone yeah there's no more transatlantic trips Mm -hmm. it can't it couldn't make a transatlantic trip even if it tried and it went from being this like fastest ship with mm-hmm. this like. Why didn't they just sail it to Tokyo and put it in the theme park? That's what like, I said. Right? Like, like why did they make a replica of something that they didn't know they what to do with? That well, but that's that's maybe the Japan thing. didn't want. The it's ghost. like, <laughs> it's not it's not so much a replica. What, they they would have had to refurbish the entire boat to make it work for what they want it to work for. Whereas oh. if they build uh. another boat, they just get to put it in there. It's not like like the haunted mansion in Disneyland isn't actually a mansion. It's what? just a facade. And then they make the. Entire... <laughs> it's not like they took a mansion and turned it into it. They built Holy a facade shit. and built like of a course. what they needed in it, right? So for Disney, it just makes more sense for them to build this thing from scratch to ex- be exactly what they need it to be to house mm-hmm. their their ride right it's the same with i i don't know if you've been looking at disney plus but there's a new series on disney attractions on how they're Mm. built and like the millennium falcon in the disney in the star wars world Mm -hmm. thing that's there you walk into the millennium falcon you walk through the halls and you get to the front of the millennium falcon and you ride you drive it like that's one of the rides is you can drive the millennium falcon it's this whole like immersive experience right Mm -hmm. but there's so many people that visit that park every day. If you had a group of people walk in and walk to the front of the Millennium Falcon, the line would be 20 hours long. It would be insane. So what they do is they have you enter it, and it actually the corridor splits off mm-hmm. into two. You don't actually realize that it splits off into two. So one group goes this way, one group goes this way. You get to the end where, in your head, you've now walked to the front of Millennium Falcon. It's actually mid-span of what it where it is because mm-hmm. the ship's there right yeah, yeah it's mid-span and what you do is you enter a room and you sit in the, the thing but it's just a a replica room and yeah. it, it goes around and another replica room so another pod of people go in it spins around another replica oh. room so you actually have six captain chairs on two sides That's so 12 exactly but the way that they make it, the way that it looks, it yeah. looks like you walk into the ship and walk to the front. Every part of your brain tells you that you did this, but they've completely optical illusioned the whole thing so yeah. they can pack as many people in there and you still think you're the only one on this ride. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's really neat. Like, they're really ingenious with how to, like... So, and same if you watch the one on the Haunted Mansion. It's really, really cool, but that's why they would have had to build a ship from scratch. There's mm-hmm. no point in paying the money to sail it to Tokyo... And then refurbishing the whole thing yeah, when that they could just sense. build a new one. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a Disney sidebar. Let's see if we can find 
Grumpy. Grumpy. Um, there's like EVP. What's transcripts here? Yeah. Ooh. Ah. Of like ghost hunters that have gone to the Queen Mary. It's the website is queenmaryshadows.com. And if you go to evidence, <laughs> then there's, a there's EVP transcripts. transcripts. Um, Jackie is the one of the ghost Jackie. This paranormal investigator's name is Bob Davis. In an amazing dialogue with Jackie, the little girl ghost in the first class swimming pool, which we've heard is second class swimming pool, conflicting oh. evidence, Bob Davis, um, <laughs> and Brian Clune were able to capture an entire 20 minute conversation with the little girl. Bob telling Jackie that it's okay to call him Uncle Bob. And no, <laughs> no. stop talking already. About the child. <laughs> already off for me. My red flags are up. She replies, You're not my uncle. Yeah, yeah. good girl. Go <laughs> <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> She's smart. <laughs> <laughs> Weird opener. (laughs) (laughs) It's really creepy too because he's just a Brian sound clip of Jan's. You can call me uncle. You're not my uncle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's it. That went on for 20 minutes. (laughs) Grumpy growl. I feel like this would work better on a computer. Like, oh my God, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) We got to keep that in. That's our haunted noise. I can't actually click on any of the. No. Let's see if it's on YouTube. Hang on. Links. Queen. I want to hear Grumpy Growl. Haunted. Did you hear that one? Mm-hmm. That was Jackie. Apparently. Mommy. The growl video is three seconds long, and I didn't hear anything. Did I you just hear heard it? someone talking. Right? Whatever. Some Zach Baggins some, shit yeah. right here. Zach Baggins, they have, like, this EVP, like, thing that mm-hmm. they use that reads out words or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's like a see and, or it's a speak and say. Or yeah. Something, speak and say. Tell me where your ghost is. It's like, cemetery. <laughs> oh, we've, we've cracked it. We can now communicate with ghosts. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it seems like the most cursed factor of the Queen Mary is that it <laughs> leads to financial ruin. Uh, I hope they figure it out. I would love to go stay there mm-hmm. more to like just be immersed in that kind of experience without having to leave the dock. Yeah, that really appeals to me. Three ghosts in the boiler room. Wonder mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah, let's have a party in the boiler room. Actually, the boiler room I think is, was at one point converted into like a bar. Like it looked like it was like a nightclub kind of area because it's in the Ooh. basement, and it looked very like industrial and like the, yeah. the tables had like like neon like lights around them and That's everything. Funny. Like, they were like off the clock meeting for a drink. <laughs> yeah, <afterwards>. exactly. <laughs> so I think, but I think that's why the boil like people noticed because like who else is just hanging out in a boiler room? Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Like especially of a ship that doesn't move. Um, so it it, yeah there's uh quite a lot of ghost stories actually i was just poking around at like queenmaryshadows.com there's even more on there but it Mm -hmm. seems like those people spent a lot of time just wandering around yeah that area but um i really think that like i hope that it opens again i'll do some i'll drive down there 
I'll do some digging on my computer and see if I can get some insert some EVPs in our episode. We need the we'll see. Or at least links to them or yeah. something. Yeah. We need the Zach Baggins thing. You're not my uncle. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> it's like bitch. <laughs> so I ain't good. dumb. You're not my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that as like the preview of your? It's like that was the first thing on that thing. That was the yeah. very first thing of dialogue on that site. Creepy Bob. Yeah, <laughs> creepy vibes. He's definitely a creepy uncle for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uncle Bob hunts ghosts on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, I just mean like you know exactly who that person is. Yeah. I don't want to call him Uncle Bob either. We do, nobody does. That's why he keeps offering it to people. He actually has no siblings. So <laughs> yeah. he, he's actually no one's uncle. Well, that's the thing. He's one of those people that like he tells his friends' kids to call him Uncle Bob, and you're like, just go away. <laughs> you said that like it was. I thought you were actually being serious. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, have a great afternoon. Go find some ghosts. Yeah. Go do uh um there's there's a lot of history on that the Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Mary and the same shipbuilders built the uh, Lusitania so oh. there's a lot of like really good stories mm. in there if you're interested in I don't even want to say like maritime history because it's not specific to that do it's just kind of a neat we when we talked about the ship that went missing the uh, oh yeah I can't remember what it's called now um but the, it's such a neat cross section of history of like sailing ships and then steamer ships Mary Celeste Mary Celeste yeah Mm. Um, it's a really neat time of of needing these boats to travel Um, and talking about the Mary Celeste and like how how long a trip would take and Mm -hmm. then we have the Queen Mary making a trip from England to New York in three days like that's wild that must have been such like a like how was that even comfortable no, the Titanic was about 50 years before that. Okay. Uh, and it took like a, I think it was a week was supposed to be the trip or like maybe a week and a half. Mm. But it was much bigger too, right? Yeah. The bigger. The, and this one was, it's pretty big. The Queen Mary. You've yeah. seen it. Sounds like it. You've seen Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Thanks for listening, guys. Have Thank a great you. Day. See you later. Bye. Bye. Enough to make her say bye. Yeah.